designers for your challenge. Take the fashion in the photo and evolve it into your own show-stopping garment. You're gonna have 20 minutes now to work with your assigned judges. After that, you'll have 20 minutes to sketch. You guys are gonna have two days to work on your garments before the first runway show. Two days. Earlier today, we saw the beautiful designs that you can make with all the time in the world. And now, you're on Project Runway. <laughs> time is not your friend, trust me. Listeners, welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. I am Ernest. Oh, and I'm I'm Patricia. <laughs> um, yes, we have a brand new voice on our podcast this week. Welcome, Patricia. Patricia is my lovely friend, and um, we—I'll just say that we we met through our grad program. We've known each other for a while, so I don't really remember if that's exactly how we met. I'm pretty sure that's how we met, but I don't remember. Sometime after 2011, for sure. Okay, yeah, definitely. It kind of like weaves in there. But um, so since this is your first time on the podcast, can you introduce <laughs> yourself and tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, okay. So I'm Patricia. I've lived in New York for a long time. I very much like living here, and I've lived in Philadelphia, Massachusetts, <laughs> and New York. Um, I studied photography twice. I love it. I love to look at images, all kinds of pictures. I like looking at pictures. Um, what else can I say about myself? I think that's pretty good. <laughs> Yay! And so, um, so Patricia is, um, of course, like stepping in for our dear. Um, Samelia, who is um, busy sewing away in Memphis. But um, I know, uh, so for the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be asking um, friends like Patricia, who I know watch Project Runway and can sort of weigh in on the show, um, you know, suss out the nuances and everything like that. So, um, and I know we, we talked about this a little bit off podcast as well, but you do have a bit of a fashion history or some relationship with fashion? I, I mean, I've worked, I've been to Fashion Week for work because I used to work at a magazine that required that of me, but um, that was just for four years of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, because um, what I think is fascinating about this week is we have, uh, you know, we have Nina Garcia. We have a double dose of her this this week, and this is a momentous occasion. So we are going to talk a little bit about the Bravo show as well. Um, because I have been racking my brain trying to figure out how to solve the issue of Project Runway coming on twice in a week. So it's on Wednesday <laughs> on Lifetime, and then it's on Thursday on Bravo. I'm just kind of like, holy shit, this is a lot of Project Runway. Very different and, of course, very much anticipated. So um, we'll just we're going to go through All Stars because All Stars is our priority right now. But we are also going to go into um, our impressions of episode one as well, um, because we just we just cannot this we're, we're, we're all about Project Runway here. And then also, um, <laughs> I think it's an interesting phenomenon to see Nina Garcia two years apart. So. Based off of the intel provided from a listener, 
All Stars was, um, and I'll repeat, I'll repeat it for everyone. All Stars was filmed originally in 2017. And of course we know that the Bravo version um, wrapped up this year. So we have Nina in 2017 and then Nina in 2019 before and after she was um, uh, appointed as the L um, magazine editor in chief. So, but she's still our classic Nina, even on the Bravo version, in my opinion, <laughs> someone who's watched yeah, her for so much. many seasons. Yeah. It's really, really wonderful. I like her. I really like her too. I think she's great. Let's get into a little bit of this episode here on all stars. And, um, and I'll, and I'll repeat before we go on, we do have a cheat sheet where we have all of the looks for the final runway in runway order. Um, but I will say that, um, I tried to put a cheat sheet together for the Bravo show and I can't find the photos <laughs> for that either. Oh, um, so oh no. yeah. So the, I guess throughout this episode, we might just harp on how different Bravo is from lifetime. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that the Bravo version has a whole website and, and we'll get into it later, but they have a, um, a partnership with 19th amendment that, that, um, that online, um, a company that will be manufacturing their winning garments on demand. Oh, right, right. Yeah, the apparel, which is really, really interesting. But um, yeah, yeah. But that's one thing that's been kind of frustrating about the lifetime season is just that there are no final look f- photographs on their website, and then Bravo is not doing that either. But that's okay. I'm being very selfish because I just want it for my cheat sheet. It would be, it would make life so much easier for me. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not their main concern. But I'm, but I'm sure the designers would want that as well to showcase their. Maybe they'll start doing it after a few a few episodes. Yeah, that's a you know that's a good point because I encourage everyone and you know to follow people on Instagram. Because um, do you follow people on Instagram? Mm, no. <laughs> no, that's okay because I I, I think what I've been seeing is the designers will post their own images of their looks by themselves. So obviously oh, someone's I taking the photograph and they're giving it to them. So. Yeah. 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 It was funny how on, on that first episode, they were supposed to take pictures with their phones and some people were like, or one person was just, I don't ever take a picture with my phone. I use professional photos. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, oh my gosh. But maybe we'll get into that later. Yeah, we will get into that later. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Oh my gosh. We have so <laughs> many things to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, so listeners, so sorry if this feels a little discombobulated, but, um, uh, yeah, this is going to be for the next few episodes as they're going to, you know, they're just double airing anyway. Okay. Let's, let's, let's get into it. Um, so we open onto the runway for, for all stars and, we have Alyssa behind the scrim, but we get an intro from Anthony Ryan going like, yeah, sleeve. And which I really love, but um, we have Alyssa coming out with a, we, we comment a lot on Alyssa's clothes, Patricia, and it's, um, it's been kind of lackluster this season. So very much so. Yeah. I mean, what did you think about this outfit? Because you've been you've been looking at it. I don't know if you have any opinions of how they've been styling and dressing Alyssa Milano. I mean, I've just noticed 
the sort of what I call the tack factor of like what she was wearing when she was also wearing a python. Um, and then when, when for the gender neutral um, challenge, she was wearing something like Coco Chanel or not Coco Chanel. Uh, Colette, let's say, mm-hmm. something that's sort of a masculine, um, a more masculine attire, you know. And I sort of thought, well, okay, <laughs> it's a little, it's already literal. Yeah, so you know? that was Colette. I, Is that, I mean, so did that make any sense to you? Because I'll, I'll remind the, the listeners, that's when she had the the vest on with, with a sleeveless, double-breasted vest yeah. and like some yeah. tailored pants or whatever. Yeah. That were, or It was a weird length. Which is very 1920s femininity, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, you know, this was supposed to be gender neutral, not like, you know, dressing up in a tie doesn't make you gender neutral. You know what I mean? Yeah. I sort of thought, okay, that's, but I think that, you know, maybe uh, that's a way for her to step a little back, to have some kind of um, factor of difference but not necessarily be more of a showpiece than the designers mm-hmm. maybe i'm trying to sort of look at it that way <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting i mean because i i think that whole episode um was very um very confusing and you know again like felt like a mishmash of a lot of things put together which i think happened in this episode as well the way they've been putting together these challenges in a very confusing way has been a theme, like a, a, a very ongoing theme throughout this whole entire season. Um, so, okay. I mean, we, we have Alyssa on the, the runway and she announces, she's like, guys, it's time to meet someone who has been following your careers and has been supporting you. Um, even you, Bedell, who was the only international designer left in the competition. And so everyone's extremely confused. But um, but it's Nina Garcia who walks out wearing gigantic shoes. And I think it's because she's usually being towered over by Heidi Klum. And then it feels like this time she's definitely high- towering over Alyssa Milano. um and everyone is scared it seems like it seems as if in the talking heads everyone's just really laying on the intimidation factor from nina um i would love to meet her in person because i don't find her very intimidating even on tv but maybe that's just me yeah i mean i i seems kind of totally normal and but i think that yeah, I, I can't imagine her being super different in real life. I mean, I can, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't seem like she has the patience for that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so so Nina, who is still scaring the shit out of these designers, said that she just <laughs> came back from an inspirational trip to Thailand. She took a break. So this is post-vacation. I went vacaying halfway around the world in Thailand and... So she tells our little her little story about her trip and she was surrounded by a ton of a ton of like stock footage of this amazing culture that, you know, they show through these videos that they bought, I'm sure, legally through Getty.com or come to Thailand.net, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Um, it was just the most generic footage of any place in in like Southeast Asia. I don't even know if that was actually Thailand. <laughs> I mean, it could have been someplace else, but 
She went there, and what impressed her the most, apparently, were the colorful silks that she saw. And um, she wants them to use that in her in their garments. But then this is All Stars. This is the All Stars Global Edition. So she pulls another part of the challenge just right out of nowhere. And we go from being inspired by Thailand silks to the designers being tasked to make a gown for a royal ball. Right. And so we have another thing about like, what does that even mean? So yeah, I don't, I can't recall seeing an actual Royal ball. That's not Disney related or some type of live action romantic comedy. That's also based off of Disney fantasy. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, I mean, so to, to finish the challenge, Nina is actually working with a tourism authority in Thailand. So the winner will get to go to Thailand. And um, I don't think they get $5,000 from this because usually they get $5,000 if they win. But with this one, I think it's enough that they're going to be sent to Thailand. So, um, yeah, I I just thought this was a very strange and convoluted challenge. I don't know how, how you thought about that. I didn't understand what one thing had to do with the other. I did not understand. I mean, I wish it was something like, oh, make an Oscars ball gown mm-hmm. and that there was something related to and maybe having somebody there that had walked the, walked the red carpet a lot, right, besides um, Alyssa, mm-hmm. right? So that would have made more, more sense to me. But I think that this is just how they fund the show and this is just what they have to do mm-hmm. to sort of – well, not how they fund the show, but one of the ways in which they somehow fund yeah. the show or things around the show. So that's just part of how it how they do it. But I did not see. I mean, I think I, I think that I wonder if that might have been confusing for the designers. Um, and then part of me wishes that um, Anya wasn't there because she would have made the same V-neck. <laughs> flowy silky thing again Mm -hmm. that we saw her make throughout all of her season and then also through the first four or five episodes of of her on this season where I was like oh my gosh but um but yeah I didn't really put that together and I also think choosing to do a royal ball um that's not really an American thing um (laughs) that's a good point you know I I was sort of like, well, when do Americans have royal balls? Like the closest thing is Hollywood-related media events, mm-hmm. maybe a presidential event, a Met Gala event. You know, um, right. there's definitely plenty of formal things, maybe opera-related stuff, but it's not really part of the culture to have royal balls. You know. We, yeah. But then again, design, designers design for European royalty. So then why were we in Thailand? I know. You know, there's a lot of it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Or even like, you know, I don't know, like, like Thai royalty. Yeah. I, I just, it's just like, or because I'm thinking mm. of how we've had, we've gone, this is before um, the, the Harry Meghan wedding because they got married in 2018. 18 I believe that was 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 pretty recent so this is before then it might have been related to some run-up to something around that situation but of course they don't really um 
they don't really hint at anything specific. It's just, it's so out there. So even the idea of a ball or even idea of royalty is not necessarily European. It's not necessarily like, it could be, it could be African. It could be Asian. It could be European. Mm-hmm. It could be Canadian because it's also, they're still yeah. in the Commonwealth. Yeah. So it's, um, That's true. yeah. So it was, it was really strange to me that, they're like, we want you to make a royal ball out of silk. And I'm like, wait, what? So why are we talking about Thailand? Like, what does Thailand have to do with anything? And also, again, so you you know about those camera groups that go to faraway places. And if you have enough money to pay for a tour, um, like a lot of places will send a bunch of photographers to on vacation, like the mostly like amateur or serious amateur photographers. You go to Thailand, you go to Cambodia, you go to Vietnam and and usually some place that's or even the Philippines, someplace like that where um, you know, where the tourists go, there's just a ton of color. So I or even India. Like I know of these places where they send photographers to go and, and to me it's kinda like you it's an easy shot because you look around and everything's green and everything is brightly colored yeah and so it's kind of like I don't know what inspiration if any they gave to the designers they did not get to see the stock footage from getty.com that we got to see and it's kind of like of course they were lost in in the dark because it's kind of like wait a second Cinderella um Beauty and the Beast like what the hell what what the fuck so yeah right anyway right Okay. Disney goes to Thailand. I know. And Disney can go to Thailand. That would have been so interesting. Um, yeah. 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 So, so we have like, you know, some, some comments from, from the designers. I think we get a little bit more of their insecurities later on, but, um, but up front, I just made a note about, you know, how Nina will be a judge there and they're asking them all about like what 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 is it like for you that Nina's going to be a judge and and they hear oh they they show Dimitri saying that he's like I love Nina because she doesn't sugarcoat anything and I'm like but no one sugarcoats anything on this judging panel I know I know yeah yeah she is tough though she's very tough and then she has the bona fides you know I think that's another thing about it where she's um she's an OG judge so Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't. She doesn't like to waste her words. You know what? That's fair. Yeah, she doesn't. And she. I appreciate. And she's the one who I don't. You know, she doesn't know any of these designers really well. Or I wouldn't say she. She knows them, but she hasn't seen them or hasn't been with them recently. Um, right. But and so I think. And we'll find out a little bit later. Actually, let's let's move on to the the workroom where they get to sketch a little bit where they talk a little bit more about their personal experience with Nina on their, <laughs> on their seasons. Um, so they're, they're sketching in the workroom and we have Bedell again, who was the Canadian, you know, he lost his Australian international sister last week. Um, my bracket team member, Christina, but it's fine. And he's all flustered. He's mm-hmm. like, I just, I wanted to say, anything even it's even if it's the worst thing even if it's the worst thing she's ever seen i'm still gonna be like oh my god nina thinks that my outfit is hideous she said my outfit is hideous my outfit you know stuff like that <laughs> um and arena cuts in going like nina cried at my finale she cried 
She cried. Like she was in tears. She cried. My dad cried. She cried. And then Michelle's like, oh, that's so great. It was like, no, no, no. But I mean, she teared up. Let's not get crazy. All right. She just teared up. I'm, 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 I actually just lied flat out. And it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting how, um, how Nina is such an effect. Like she's such a force of nature, um, especially in a room filled with people who've won in front of her, except for Bedell. Everyone else has won in front of her. So, um, yeah, but Bedell said something like, Oh, she's so inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Like I liked what he had to say. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, yeah. And even the, the camera, the camera cutaways to his eyes when she was speaking, it was really sweet. I thought that was really sweet camera work. I was like, "Good job with the editing on that one." I know he's so well, earnest. Like I really, really am enjoying Bedell because I I refer to him as yeah. the good student. Like he's he's like I'm the yeah. best at all stars, and um, I think in a way it is because he he's really genuinely happy to be there. And I don't think he really is into undercutting people and genuinely is flustered and excited about how powerful Nina is in the fashion world and is affected by it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I think it's just so obvious. He likes to make stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Actually. He, I mean, I feel like, okay, and I'll, I'll get into that later because I, I really appreciate Bedell during this, this episode. So, um, but I also, I just want to point out that I think the producers are asking, of course, they ask the designers questions and they're talking head. And um, it seems like the same way they treat avant-garde and the same way they treated gender neutral, they're treating the this whole question about a ball gown and I just sus that the question to the designers is when you hear ball gown, what do you think? Or what does ball gown mean to you? Like what does avant-garde mean to you? What is gender neutral to you? And they all are able to give their own takes on it. Um, which is confusing um, to me, but also confusing to hear what they think about it, particularly Dimitri because we get to hear oh, from him saying it's non-traditional. And um, he, I think we get to see his sketch at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, what did you think about that? Because I feel like you had a strong reaction to his idea of a non-traditional ball gown. About the sketch or what about or, his interaction or, with Anne or... or, or no, because even, no, just in general, like even, his approach to his, like his, like basically his form, his formulation of this idea of what he's going to make for his ball gown. I don't think he got it. There was nothing gowny about it. Mm-hmm. There was nothing royal about it. There was nothing... Um, and again, we come back to what is a, what is a royal gown, mm-hmm. but I think that for, I mean, oh my God, Russia has royal gowns. I mean, he's not from Russia. He's mm-hmm. from a smaller part. But it's like, that's not too distant. So I think, I think about royal gowns as containing some level or spectrum of opulence, whether mm-hmm. it's understated opulence or v- voluminous, um, you know, opulence. Mm-hmm. And 
his design had neither. And I think somebody even said on the judging panel, we could buy that right now. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and, so it wasn't really. Yeah, I mean, because you know. he he says in the beginning um, when he's just even just thinking about that, he uses the words young, funky, and cool. And mm. it's interesting that that's, and we'll get into it on the right way. But that, that it's interesting that that's what he eventually comes up with. But to me, it just seemed like what the other designers were doing, and just the ones who are so confused, they like we don't want to make a ball gown because we don't really know what that means. Or we don't know how to do it. So therefore, our definition is going to be extremely wide open and willy nilly. And I feel like Dimitri has been bullshitting us this entire season. <laughs> and like everybody just seems, particularly in this episode, he seems a little bit more there. But I think because a ball gown is something that you can't just pull out of your ass. Like you can't just roll around and you know, whip something together yeah. and drape it and be like, this is a ball gown. If the, there's a little bit more to this challenge in a way. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's formal. You know, it's a very formal construct. Yeah. Which is why I appreciated Bedell because so, I mean, so next the designers go into mood. I think they get $300 and which mm. is the most that they've gotten all season. Of course, because this is a ball gown. Still not a lot of money for a ball gown, in my opinion, especially at Mood. Um, and so, but he goes to the Silk Gazar section. Had you ever heard of this fabric before? No, I, I have not. No. Yeah. I mean, I, did I put this in here? Yeah. Okay. So it's so fascinating because we get to see his sketch. It looks really similar to the shape he made with his Canadian Mountie-esque outfit in episode one. Very hmm. structured, red, um, kind of this military shoulder, strong shoulder thing going on with a um, a cinched waist. And um, yeah. But it seemed like as soon as he went to, to Mood, he was like, where's your Silk Gazar section? And I don't, everyone else was roaming around in the other Silk section, which I, I think might be in a different part of Mood. Because I always try to suss out, like, where are they in the store? And <laughs> the other designers kind of clumped up together. And then Bedell was sort of by himself. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anything about this mood section <laughs> that you, that stood out or worried you? Not really. No, that's, <laughs> I, to me, that's like the most chaotic part of the process mm -hmm. is they have such little time. I mean, I can't. I mean, I, I don't do any of what they do. Like, I have no idea, but it sounds just so stressful to have to make such decisions about material, mm -hmm. feel, and color. Yeah. You know, to, for me, the, the budget is less of an issue than the time that they have there, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, to me, that's like, oh, my God, this is the most chaotic part of the show when I watch it. Yeah, I think especially with hearing all of about everyone else's insecurities because I feel like this is a point where they definitely make or break their design decisions and it was to me straight off the bat that Bedell is on a good foot um I didn't really remember anything about Arena I just wasn't worried about Arena or um or Bedell but Michelle and Anthony Ryan out to me in that they kind of um opted out of the challenge Anthony Ryan mm. is like model or my the 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 person i'm designing for is not going to a ball and i'm like wait you can't just say that right. 
You, yeah. you can't do that for this one. And he's and I think all the yeah. designers have sort of been doing that every week in a, in their own little way, opting out of the actual challenge and figuring out how they can twist it and mold it into something that they've already done or something that they want to do. They're just not up for whatever. <laughs> so because when Michelle says yeah. like she's going to make this neon thing or 1970s meets neon which to me, I'm like, is that just the 70s versus the 80s? Are you just making something that was made in 1979 to 84? I don't know. But um, it just doesn't seem like royal yeah. ball gown to me. So Michelle, no, not at all to me. No. Not at all. I mean, to me, that was straight up 60s. Oh, my gosh. I'm so surprised that they stayed in the 70s, too. Yeah, because I was just like, it's it's definitely 70s. If you, nowhere near <laughs> 80s, though skewed to the no, 60s it, that's the thing i think that's the thing it's the part of the 70s that emerged from the 60s right the sort of patchworky the color i think is more 70s mm-hmm. but i think the whole design of it i think comes from 60s more than 70s which is why we don't see it in the 80s <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah and then there was nothing really neon about the fabrics that she bought they were just very strong pinks and oranges and you know I mean, I guess- I give her props for not choosing something that looks like wallpaper. Sure, you know. sure. So nothing that Anne can say is, oh, grandma. <laughs> grandma <Yeah>. wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. And I'm liking Anne this season. I really am. I, you know what? Okay. So let's, let's, let's get through. We're, we're going to like, so we're leaving mood and then we're going to, we're going to get okay. to Anne. But, um, cause I just, okay. I really loved this Anne session. So we'll, we'll, we'll make our way there. Um, okay. Okay. So we're, we're back from mood and we're getting to see people's fabrics. And um, we, we have this whole motif still going on that, you know, there are certain people who are struggling and a part of the way they struggle is to pour pressure or accolades onto arena who is a person in the room who we've seen throughout the season is able to whip up the closest thing we've ever seen to a ball gown. (laughs) Like even her hideous, I don't know if you saw that episode where she made this ugly light blue short yet long looking prom thing. Um, Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause to me, I'm like, looking at that, I'm like, she could make a ball gown. <laughs> just like all the volume and the structure and a lot of this, like, you know, playing around with the horse hair or whatever. She just, she knows what she's doing and she's proven herself, whatever. But I just have to point out that um, they're in the lunch. There's a part where they're in the lunchroom and Michelle is complaining about the challenge and how she can't do it or it's not her thing, but it's right. They're sitting in front of, a TV that's running Michelle's winning runway show from the main project runway. And it's on her finale dress, which is the closest thing I think I've ever seen Michelle design in terms of a gown. And I'm pretty sure that's this season when Michael Kors was the guest judge. This is after he had like left a show, whatever he comes back. And then he told her, I'm like, you don't have to do a gown. Why did you do a gown? You didn't have to do a gown. And it's to me, it's it's really interesting that that was the 
that was a timing there because I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a gown that you made that I really liked, but it wasn't successful. And it was her finale or I would say her muse walked out in it. So that was the last look you saw for her runway show. And it was not it wasn't it was probably one of her weakest looks. So um, just pulling out that Project Runway history for you guys. That's a deep dive. Um, Yeah. Anyway, but all that to say, our dear arena is annoyed and um yeah so and but i think i i do agree with her when she calls out the other designers who are complaining about this and saying like you know we're a lot of a lot of them are on their third go with project runway and when she says you know why cry about a ball gown challenge I didn't complain uh, about a ready to wear challenge. That's not my deal. I, I do. She does. just like, I do formal, very formal red carpet, ball gowns, um, gala dresses. But when we had to essentially pull out a JC Penny thing, I didn't complain about that. And I'm just like, you know what? That is a good point. Which was funny for me to hear because her so-called gender neutral design was very JC Penny to me. <laughs> no offense to JC Penny. No offense to JC Penny. Yeah, none. You none. Know. It just is. But, it just is what it is. But it's sort of like what she thinks is formal and streetwear is just so off for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yes, I also I have a really different different difficult or not different difficult but a different way of perceiving arena after that whole um sewing machine episode where oh, for some yeah. reason she yelled sewing machine and she for somehow felt entitled to that mm-hmm. i didn't really i was sort of like what are you doing like <laughs> who does that yeah so when she was talking about i didn't complain i didn't complain i was like well no you didn't complain you just kind of you don't complain you just kind of do what you want and let everybody else deal with your consequences yeah. which seem that cool to me <laughs> yeah good point because she was she is doing something and and i feel like that was the episode where i was like oh she's playing she's playing this game and yeah. and you're right she's not very she's not obvious about her insecurities and because i thought of that as being a mean girl move but it also maybe it could have been um a little bit of insecurity because she saw perhaps that the other designers were making really good things and so it's like so I'm going to slow them down a little bit um oh. and make myself address who knows but definitely was calculated um but what's what's interesting also there is I think that's there's something about Irina and Dimitri's relationship that has also seemed very calculating to me as well in terms of um going in there um pushing apart I, for Arena, I would think that she would think of Dimitri and Michelle's friendship as being an, like an alliance. I can see her as being competitive in that way and be like, that relationship is an alliance. I'm like, well, actually, they're friends. It's like, she's like, what is that? We don't have friends here. But um, but that being a thing, because this episode, Dimitri and Michelle are talking again, or or I would say Michelle is trying to talk to Dimitri again. Um, And so it's like those types of relationships are just kind of. I don't know. They're just, it just feels really strange. Like it's just like a strange dynamic still in, in the workroom here. But um, yeah. Um, And also, so I, I'm going to ask you about your thoughts on Michelle's use of fabrics throughout this season. And I'm, so what, what are your thoughts 
on that so far. I'm assuming that you have not liked her choices of fabrics. I think she she does a very okay. So she does a very specific type of um, I don't know the right term, so I'm just going to say recycled vintage, <laughs> which is its own aesthetic, which is something that I'm for, which is something I, you know, have liked in the past, will like in the future. It's not something I'm against, but there's something in the way that she pulls that um, those looks together mm-hmm. that just feel. I don't think they lend themselves to. Um, making someone bring their originality to it Hmm. so things feel very preset i feel like it's if i had to describe this i would say this feels like vintage preset like this is a vintage preset button Mm -hmm. on on the fashion software you know and i I, that sounds really mean i i I think it's i think that's i think that's great because it's it's like it's a (laughs) ready-made it's like an instagram filter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but a, a ready-made is a different thing. Let's not. I mean, oh, no, no, I, no. I wouldn't say she's no, like saying, Duchamp. Yeah, like, no, no, there's no, no. no way. I'm not using ready-made as like but... a formal art term. I'm using it as yeah. It's like that. So again, we're photographers. So you open up Lightroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You open up Lightroom from scratch. So this is kind of like the baby to Photoshop <laughs> for anyone who has no idea what I'm talking about right now. And there are all those those presets, those things that you can do. They're kind of like filters before Instagram existed where you can press little buttons and then it's like, I want to do this to my photo. I want to do that to my photo. So I think of that as a, is you know, when you say preset, I think it's kind of a yeah. perfect way of describing it. And I think that, that to me, I see more as a function of the pressure of being on a show, you know, mm-hmm. the sort of like, um, because I kind of feel like, well, they're all in their own kind of preset, right? Because this is how we work under pressure. Yeah. But, so I don't mean to single her out, but her particular choice of fabrics has consistently been just very, um, I don't want to say predictable because it hasn't been predictable, but I think when we, so I'm very aware that they all know that whoever wins or the top three, I think it is, they we review all the looks that they've made at once. Mm-hmm. And that they get judged on that. So when I think about all the things that she's made up to now, none of it is exciting as a collection. Hmm. And, and and that then to me feels like it's the same preset applied from dress to dress to dress to dress. And, yeah. and so I, I haven't really enjoyed... I mean, there was one where there was green... I forget what episode it is. There was a green... Um, it wasn't the gender neutral challenge. No, that she did a floral. And even that, oh my God, mm-hmm. even for the gender neutral, she did a floral print mm-hmm. and wa- with um, under a washed out kind of gray. It was. She spent a lot of time. That was not a preset in terms of technique, mm-hmm. but the fabric choice is a total preset. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just the same type of like vintage cottage wallpaper, 1945 to 1971 <laughs> American. Mm-hmm kind of fabric yeah, right yeah. and i i just want to see her do something with color blocking that doesn't use a fabric i want to see like bauhaus style patterns mm-hmm. you know just something else um yeah because i would prefer to not see her do color blocking i just because i you know she it's it's weird for me to 
I, oh, okay. I'll just say that um, she. it was frustrating. I'll just say that. It was frustrating to hear her talk about how much she screwed herself in mood by choosing so many different types of fabrics and so many different colors. And I'm kind of like, you made a lot of decisions that added up together for to into a feeling where you feel like you screwed yourself. And it's almost like I think you did that on purpose in a way. And I've been seeing her choice of fabrics where she tends to choose you know, two or three, um, actually not, I would say like at least three different types of things to kind of work them together. And to me, it almost feels as if she's, um, creating a mishmash and trying to challenge herself to almost like jumpstart her, her brain into solving a problem. Like she makes, she makes it a problem and then she goes into solving it, but it's almost as if with, with this challenge, she, um, I, I, I just don't believe that you go in and you pull that many different types of fabrics and with, with each one, you have no idea. Um, you have no, you know, affinity towards them, how they're going to go together. And then you get back to the workroom and you're just kind of like, what did I, what did I do? It's just, it, it just, to me, I don't buy it. I, it just doesn't really um, make any yeah. sense. And, you know, just straightforward in that way. I'm like, there's something, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think I've like lost my train of thought with that, but I was just, just so frustrated, just very frustrated. Um, I'm surprised she has lasted this long. Me too, in a way. <laughs> she's on my bracket. So I have, I mean, she's she's someone who I've, I've chosen to make it through, but um, I think she is very lucky that the judges really like her. And I think Isaac Mizrahi is on her side. And... Um, Oh yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. Like the in terms of the preset, you know, we have been talking about this Belle silhouette that she is married to, and we'll see it again. Like she still is in that same silhouette, just different versions of it. Um, this slight A line thing going on, and I would say with the patchwork deal again, like it just this dress and the way she's been going about things to me again reminds me too much of another designer during her season amanda valentine so i'm just gonna put that out there anyway um okay so let's let's move forward because i think we have a little bit of time but um let's see here right so i want to point out bedell's bit of fashion history about silk gazar um, because I went to Wikipedia because I had no idea what he was talking about and <laughs> got the definition and Silk Gazar. And it, he was right. He he stated what, what it is um, on on the show. And I didn't write down his quote, but I went to, to Wikipedia. I'm like, it's basically what Bedell said. So Silk Gazar is much used in bridal and evening fashion due to its ability to hold its shape. And it says Gazar was developed by the Swiss textile firm Abraham in collaboration with Balenciaga. So this is so fascinating to me. Um, Yeah. Now I want to go to mood and play around with some Gazar. So, or Gazar and actually would like someone to tell me how to pronounce that. Um, I would just say Gazar if it's Swiss and if they're working with Balenciaga, who is Basque. So it's like, I think it's Gazar. Um, but yeah, yeah. So let's move on to Anne. So okay. <laughs> so this is Anne time, Anne full and water time. So we're going to go through, um, I'll just call out each designer. and We'll just kind of talk a little bit about their interactions with her. And 
for this episode, I did write a little bit of what she said because usually she comes into the workroom and she says some things and um, lays out the her general um, feelings in a way to me that's very coded by producer talk. So I feel like the producers have been forcing her to be a little bit more encouraging. But lately, I think she has been shining through a little bit. So I just wrote down a little parody. She says, <laughs> designers, one thing we haven't seen from you all yet is a full on ball gown. And I know silk is a tricky fabric for almost all of you. So because this is particularly hard for all of you, I'm sure, I am thrilled to see how I can instill even more anxiety into your designs. And so like, because when she says ball gown, she pulls out her arms in a way that's very much like a Cinderella dress. She's like, I want to see this. And I'm just like, you're not going to see that, Anne. You have no idea. They're not making ball gowns. You're going to be so disappointed. Um, anyway, but let's, let's, let's go out to Bedell first. And um, she seemed to be really positive about about this interaction um she knows what gazard is and but i i want to point out when bedell says that he wants to dress to float around the model and kind of hones in on that immediately like what do you mean by float can you demonstrate what that is and he kind of like messes around with the sculptural aspects of the hips and um i just thought it looked you know, because he's he's he ha- he already has so much done already. I thought it looked amazing on the mannequin from the get go. Um, yeah, but let's see. We have Michelle, and we've already talked a lot about Michelle. But I want to I want to just kind of point out that at this point, Anne is not surprised either by Michelle's choice of fabrics. Right. And, you know, calls it 1970s kitchen and then points out that she needs to take the kitsch out. And this is the first time I ever associated kitchen with kitsch. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was really hilarious. I thought that was, was great. I'm like, wow, just um, play on words, Anne. I know, and I know she wasn't doing that on purpose. I don't think Anne plays on words at all. She doesn't play a lot. Um. So, okay. And then we have this interaction with Irina, um, who is venting to Anne about how, how annoyed she is about how people are, you know, think, well, people think that she can just kind of whip up whatever as if making right. a ball gown is easy. She's now complaining, even though she's like, I didn't complain about this and that, but then she complains to Anne. <laughs> she is complaining. <laughs> Um, Anne does not want her to make her dress a wedding cake topper. <laughs> Which was awesome advice for her. So great. I think Anne is shooting a thousand, or she's she's batting a thousand so far. Um, and then we have Dimitri, who uh, is yes. questioning what formal is. Like, wh- what did you think about this here? I, I found him just exceedingly arrogant. Mm-hmm. That's the most arrogant that he's been on this season. Yeah. Yeah, because he's like, but what is formal? What is what does that mean? I'm like, how are you yeah. how are you going to debate formal for a royal ball? <laughs> Just right. a, and she has to say it doesn't get more formal than that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> which 
just so obvious. But yeah, he's just trying to change the challenge I for think, himself. I, I think he was trying to... Um, I don't think that's his forte. So maybe he was trying to just pre-excuse himself. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You know what? That's maybe. a good point. This is interesting because actually I didn't think of it until now. This whole time I've been thinking of Dimitri as someone who's able to do anything. And I've been referring no, to him. <laughs> now I now I realize because I'm like, this dress looked like a mess even at this point in time with Anne. But to me, he has done some incredible things and but the season you know we haven't seen him do that the floppy peasant thing and I realize it's probably because it's easy for him to do um yeah and he doesn't want to challenge at all so he's trying to change up the whole entire uh look and feel of the actual challenge and be like you know what could it be a little casual you can go to a a royal ball on any continent and you know, look like a flapper. Why not? Like, yeah. you can't. <laughs> yeah. You, can't. you know, but I, I think he's just, um, oh, what was I going to say? I think I just lost it. Uh-oh. I think he's doing that kind of, um, oh, what did he just, pastoral? What did you just call it? That kind flapper. of. Flapper. <laughs> no, the other things, the gypsy looking things. I say gypsy, I don't mean that as a slur. I mean the sort of, not flapper, the sort of formal pastoral, um, like nor- North Europe, like. Oh, yeah, peasant. the peasant. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. the peasant stuff, yeah. the peasant stuff. Um, I think he does that to try to set himself apart from everybody else, and it's just not working in his favor. Hmm. I don't think. That's interesting. I mean, because it's something that's very different from the way he has been working, which is uh, which is a breath of fresh air because I feel like he won his season of Project Runway Prime and then he won his season of Project Runway All-Stars by doing the same exact thing. And so at least he isn't doing that, but this is sort of where he's going more towards what he used to do, but in a way that is really ugly and inappropriate. Um, Also, the flower cutouts just are so hideous. He doesn't even know what pinking shears are. Even I know what those are. Um, You know, so he's making, he's cutting around his fabric and creating these 3D pieces of flowers, whatever. Um, They look like weeds, but it's just like, that's not, it's it's all up and all up for interpretation, I guess, you know, just whatever. Why are you here? Why is Dimitri still here? Um, Okay, rant later. Yeah. I'll rant later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so ready for Anthony Ryan? Yeah. He's um he's breaking down. Um, I know. I know. Yeah. I wonder why, because he was doing well. I you know, right? I still think that he's mourning his grandmother, quite honestly. Oh, right, right. I, this is a he didn't, he didn't have any time. No time. To process. Yeah. And we don't know. This is another thing about All Stars. It's very different again, you know, to 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 go back to the Bravo show. We get to see where the Bravo designers live. We haven't been able to see where the designers on All Stars live. But I can imagine oh, right. that after hours he's on the phone perhaps with family or has been checking in with people. Um he definitely probably still is mourning, but away from the loved ones. And then you're under the stress of being on the show and trying to 
get from challenge to challenge. And then on top of that, when you're tasked to do something that you don't feel comfortable with, um, no matter how annoying that is, because I was also annoyed by Anthony Ryan, like, no, don't get me wrong. Like both Anthony Ryan and Michelle were very annoying this week, but I can understand how that can just, you know, push on you. So, yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. And so he's, he gives Anne his refrain of, you know, this is not what I do. I don't do this. My, the, the, I just, I just don't do this. And I think in a way, in a, aside from Irina, he knew who he was actually designing for. Hmm. His client wouldn't wear something like that, mm-hmm. right? But in, so it's like, how? What do you do um, for a challenge? How do you respond? So in a way, even though I wasn't crazy about the piece, mm-hmm. I didn't really like the piece that he made, and I thought there were some design choices that came more out of pressure than form from his actual place of, of choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. I don't know. I think you could have done a better, a better response to that if he if he was just in a different mind state. Yeah, because I thought Anne's question to bring him back to you know back to um, ground zero or just like bring him back to earth um, is if your client had to go to a ball, what would you make for her? Where yeah. what would that garment look like? Um, what would they need? Um, how would you respond to your client being like, hey, I got to go to this thing. And what would you make for them? And I yeah. think it kind of worked. But again, I think that's even like a fun way of thinking of it. If you if you know that the person that you typically design for would never be caught dead in something that's like a royal ball, then why don't you make like a, I don't know, like a, like a, like a gigantic you know, fuck this dress. I don't know. I don't even know what this look, what that would look like, but something that. Or a suit. Huh? Or a suit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like a really luxe laid back sneaker type of suit with like short hem, a short hem at the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, and cause he could have done a sportsy, a sportsy suit. Yeah. Something that with that same I trim think... on it, like his sporty yellow and blue yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and like, so I again, I think you could have done something better if he was just in a different mind state. Yeah. But I also think that one of the things that makes things formal a lot of the time is the underlying structure. And I think that's where his look really went long, went wrong hmm. for long and wrong <laughs> for this challenge is that there was very little, it was super flowy. Mm-hmm. And super flowy is not formal for for something like that um yeah so even if i think it had some kind of structure even even if it went against nature even if it was something uncomfortable looking if you had some kind of structural element that made more of um a justification Mm -hmm. now for that kind of context yeah i think it might have been more appropriate and he would not have been eliminated. Yeah. That would have been really, really interesting because in a way you think about, because in my brain, I've been racking, you know, my brain for the equivalent of what a Royal ball would be. And I think the closest that that the fashion world gets to is the Met Gala. And I don't see that as being a typical red carpet. It's not, 
Um, no, not at all. Yeah, if you can get away with a Comme de Garçon outfit on that, yeah. like that's not a normal red carpet. It's not something where you would, you know, where Rihanna can wear just blocks, you know, like Lego blocks and <laughs> and have that be normal. Like you're not going to go to your premiere for that. You're not going to go to the Oscars in that. You're only going to go to the Met Gala in that. And so having someone like Anthony Ryan make you know, just, yeah, I think the idea of like making a structured undergarment or something, something very much out there and along the lines of something that would be what I think they would identify as avant-garde would have been another way to think about this challenge for him in yeah. particular. I, yeah. yeah, I think so. But he's so sad that even go, Anne has that- to give him a hug. That's how sad Anthony Ryan is. Like, I feel like if he was like a tad not as sad, then Anna would be like, all right, bye. <laughs> you okay? All right. And she would just like waved at him a little bit. But she hugs him and that's why I, I, I gasped. I watched this by myself in my apartment, but I gasped when I saw that and just screamed, Anna's giving hugs. What? <laughs> um, I mean, but before she goes, like, you know, I have to give it to Anne. She's she she underlines why this challenge is or could be so difficult in that when you think of a traditional ball gown, you don't think of fashion. You don't think of high fashion either. But that's a part of the um of the the twist to this, I think for for All Stars. I just wish they had laid that out a little bit more um clearly. Um, with Nina instead of taking us to Thailand and giving us an excuse to send the winner to Thailand. I just wish they they had wrapped this up a lot more succinctly. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Um, Okay, so we have this post-end time um, before we get to the runway and we have the models come in and we have our our fittings and... um, we have a little bit, I don't really think that there really is that much drama besides people being um, not ready for the first time. So we have Dimitri, who we've been seeing kind of coast through this entire season. And for me, seeing him not ready for his model is just glorious. I just, I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, great. Now we see you shake a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> You're a human. Rejoice. <laughs> you are not the Terminator. <laughs> right. You are not Dmitry Kalashnikov. Tra, tra, tra. You know, every five seconds. <laughs> tra, tra, tra. <laughs> because he even goes, he's like, what's the... Okay. Seriously, I need... My accent is so terrible. I'm so glad that you are doing a Dmitry accent way better than I am. Because I wrote down this quote and it's just like... <laughs> and okay and you say it like what's the point of making a regular gown can you say that in Dimitri voice oh my I forget how he said it no I, I can't do it because I don't remember how he said it <laughs> it's like what's the point of making a regular gown I don't know that's terrible yeah yeah and I'm just like no one's He's like... <laughs> wait go ahead <laughs> no it, it's yeah <laughs> I mean, it's just like, he's in trouble. This is Dimitri in trouble. He's asking questions like, what? Why? Why do I have to make a ball gown? I was like, because Nina asked you to. 
And it's like, but why does it have to be regular? And like, no one's asking you to do that. Didn't you just listen to Anne being on my table? (laughs) So mad at Dimitri. I mean, I think he just thinks very highly of himself. (laughs) And I think, unfortunately, it holds him back. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, he can make anything. He definitely could make a ball gown. Um, Yeah, I think he's very talented. Yeah. But we have Adele and Arena, who are the only ones who are who are ready and fitting their models. Yeah. And Bedell, I look at him and I'm like, I just don't have to worry about you. Bedell is on Nalen's bracket, and so oh. Bedell, I I see someone as just. I I think he really he's going to have to really really mess up royally, um, so to speak. And I don't see him doing that, um, but. I'm just so fascinated at how he's fitting this around the model's waist and how he's trying to put this together. Um, Arena's corset looks amazing. It just looks really good. Yeah, it does. I think she has, I think she designs for a very particular type of idea of a woman. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what she does well. Yeah. Because she has experience. That's what she understands. That's what she likes. Um, I don't know if she needed that side diagonal thing. Oh, you um, mean the, but I um, think uh, like those. On the bottom? Yeah, yeah. Um, a symmetrical pleated thing. But I think that was the only thing that tied the bodice to the design of the bottom part of the dress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they had a lot to say the bottom part of that dress (laughs) yeah i mean she was pretty much done um because we we kind of see most of the dress and then you know we'll see on the runway but there wasn't really much left for her to do um you know and and i uh, gosh anthony ryan and michelle have barely anything um he's still they're still all figuring stuff out so Yeah. yeah um so with two hours left, um, you know, we have Bedell, who is pretty much done asking people in the workroom, do you see my point of view? Do you see my point of view now? Because that's the critique he's been getting on the runway. And I don't know. It worries me a little bit. It can, you know, because someone who is, who is so... Um, adept at making clothes and someone who is so confident in his abilities and, and abilities to design. Um, I don't think he's being facetious when he goes around. He is being a little sarcastic, but he, he really is kind of reveling in compliments from other people a little bit way too much for my taste. So, because how can you feel like a threat? But then be so happy that everyone's just so complimentary all of a sudden. It's just like this whole time you 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 say that you feel like you are a threat to other people, but then yet you crave um, their acceptance in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to just before the runway. If anything stuck out to you um, before we actually head to the actual runway show. You know, I don't remember where it happened on this episode. Or if it was... Yeah, I think it maybe was in regards to Irina again. What? Um, 
it's really interesting. Well, okay, so this is just a general comment. Mm -hmm. Can I make a joke? Yeah. (laughs) No. It's sort of, so I also, so I watch Project Runway, but that's sort of like, oh, okay, I'll watch Project Runway. When RuPaul Drag Race is on, I need to watch Drag Race, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always interesting to watch them back or at the same, in the same week, Mm -hmm. let's say. And one thing that I think happened either this week or the last week, and I think they, th- this comment was made about this dress by Irina, um, the gown, is that it's really interesting to con- uh, um, compare and contrast these shows because uh, especially the, this season, it has been the use of the word slutty. Mm-hmm. And for example, Irina has been described this season as oh that looks like a slutty princess you know or mm-hmm. even for this gown somebody made a comment about like oh the bottom's kind of slutty or something like that yeah where and, it, and it's a bad thing whereas in rupaul <laughs> on drag race you know there was one you know one outfit that carson described as oh you look like a slutty worker at sea world and everybody on the panel goes "Ooh, that's great you know there's so much there's so much possibility in that. There's so much joy in that. There's so much fun in that kind of femininity. Yeah. But here, it's sort of all judgment. You know, it's sort of like, oh, that looks slutty. You know. Yeah. And I think Irina. I I think somebody made a comment, a catty little comment. I think about this dress or the fact that it was so sheer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it's it's just interesting to watch those two shows on the same week because of contrasts like that into how femininity is portrayed and what people expect clothing to convey Mm -hmm. you know that's so interesting yeah someone did um call out they're like oh i think it might have been anthony ryan because in my head it sounds like a very southern twang of a voice saying like you forgot the rest of your dress (laughs) you spent so much time in that corset but what's happening on down below and i and we'll talk about this more on the runway but i just i i thought you know yeah, no, there, there is nothing wrong with the bottom being sheer. And then um, the idea of would anyone wear this to a royal ball? Um, again, if Dimitri can make up whatever he wants in terms of what a royal ball will actually be like, then, you know, let the person with a corset and a giant voluminous um, skirt also, give her a chance to make up whatever. And I'm not defending Arena because I think, you know, whatever. She's got issues. But but no, I, I totally agree. I saw nothing wrong with the sheerness on the bottom. Um, oh, me too. Yeah, me too. It was too long. Yeah. There was a lot of things that weren't working. Exactly. No. The, fact that the, the fact that the model, okay, this is runway, but okay. the fact that the model <laughs> had to push the train around all the time mm-hmm. was not a sign of good construction. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Just for that part. It was well constructed in other parts, but, you know, again, they have so little time. But but that was one thing that I noticed on the runway for that specific piece is that, ooh, the model is, has to, like, wheel that around right. and, like, drive that. Like, the model has to drive that train. And that's not something that you want on the runway. And it's interesting that that's something we saw in the fittings, too. Um, you know, and I was mostly paying attention to how the corset fit. Um so, so actually, let's let's run into the runway then. Um, okay. So, so we can actually talk about these garments because they're only six, so we have some time to spend. Yeah. Um, so we have our regular judges, 
Isaac Mizrahi, Georgina Chapman. Um, we have uh, Alyssa Milano, of course. Then we have the wonderful Nina Garcia. And then we have the fashion icon, Iris Apfel. With Oh, I love her. I love her too. If anyone <laughs> has access to Netflix or whatever, watch the documentary that came out about her a couple of years ago. Um, she had her booster, her feet, her foot booster going on. Um, you know, they kind of like put a wooden box underneath her feet so she could be the most comfortable. And she was wearing my favorite color blue or outlandish blue with a just covered in feathers. Anyway, mm. she looked she looked great. They all looked amazing. She really did. She really did. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was great. Okay. So this is a time where I'm going to, I'm going to prompt all of y'all listeners to access our cheat sheet. So we're working off of cheat sheet um, number 66 and I named it Nina Garcelle. I'm sorry. Nina Garcia in Bella the Black. Um, just a play on Bella the Ball. Hint, hint. Um, and also had to put Nina in there somehow because she's double. She's du- we're, we're getting double Nina this week. Okay. So the yeah. link to that is in the show notes and this is in runway order. So we're going to start with Dimitri then. So we have Dimitri here and um, it is an asymmetrical pseudo 1920s-esque Something that kept on coming up in the workroom that I completely forgot about is that he actually didn't buy enough fabric at Mood. They had $300 and he managed to not buy enough. So in terms of the volume as well, I can't say that that's why there isn't a lot of volume or why this um, looks rather bare for something that's supposed to be kind of formal. But um, that's another thing to kind of um, keep in mind, which I think is a rookie mistake is to not buy enough fabric from mood. So. Yeah. Yeah. And any, any, any more thoughts on, on this outfit? On Dimitri's? Yeah. Oh my God. I just don't like, I don't like it. I think he kind of, he flubbed it. Yeah. There's something about the tears on the bottom. He put some weird, dark green color in there almost like a oh why yeah it's mostly black and white and then one of the tiers has this 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 deeper green color in there and it just doesn't really make any sense to me there is a hint of his famous geometric shape where there's a little slice of skin and some um some sheerness that kind of you know, wraps from the body. I've never seen him do it asymmetrically. And I think that might've given him some issues this time around um, and how to construct that mathematically. And I'm like, given more time, it might've looked a little bit more interesting, but to me, it is just, it's a fail. It's a failure. Yeah. 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 It just, I don't know who that designer is. Like it seems very weird for that dress to come from him. So you don't even see it coming from, like his first look, his his peasant motif, I would say. No, this looks like off the right. Ra- I mean, oh God, I, I, it not at all. Mm-hmm. This looks like something that I would find at DJ Maxx in a 
like in the, in that rack where you leave the things that don't fit you very well, mm-hmm. you know, kind of leaving the dress room. It just does not seem like there's nothing wrong with TJ Maxx, you know, yeah. but it just doesn't seem something that somebody would actually want to choose this seems like because there's a lot moving on there's like yeah. layers on the bottom it seems like two different dresses photoshopped together hmm. yeah i mean i think he did the the ruffle thing on the bottom to maybe formal it up a little bit um mm, but at the same yeah. time it's kind of like if you had kept that whole ugly flower motif all the way to the bottom which i don't think he could have mathematically figured figured out in the day that they had i think there was something up with him just not knowing how to do it because to me even thinking of it as something that's a little bit more fitted and and this ruffling thing at the bottom is just so stupid like take that out that would have been more cohesive a lot more um chic and also just it would have made more sense as another as a bottom half of that dress yeah and i think all of the designers and especially dimitri but all of them Maybe Bedell the least, but they all got really caught up on the sort of tension between elegance and ball gown. Mm-hmm. Because I think that they all tried to be elegant because fancy things like a royal bound is about elegance. Mm-hmm. And it is, but it's also about some level of showmanship. And the construction is what delivers, is that what kind of sets the ground for that showmanship. Yeah. So I don't think any of, I mean, with the exception of Bedell and, and maybe Irina, there was very little structure involved, mm-hmm. but all of them are still very caught up on doing something elegant rather than for a ball gown. Which is interesting because I, when I think of elegant, um, oh, I don't know why, but I think of boring, just something that is Maybe maybe elegant because it's an idea of something that's um, digestible by the masses. Like it's something that just overall general culture looks at that and goes, "That's appropriate. That's beautiful. That is um, something that's desirable." Elegant is something you know that you would you know you'll find in a the fancy part of Nordstrom's or Macy's or whatever, um, like a department store type deal with formality um mm-hmm. and so i well yeah i think about it as an understated formality mm-hmm. um man that can or can defy like our very own classist connotations of that word you know but i think that like i look at the final looks and I'm like they were all thinking fancy elegant mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they weren't thinking about even the history of the ball gown no with the exception of Bedell, with the exception of Bedell, who was thinking about balenciaga who was thinking like um about formal aspects of movement and things like that mm-hmm. um so i think dimitri is actually probably the worst offender of this idea about making something elegant <laughs> Because I was actually thinking um, of Michelle as being maybe she's like a close second. <laughs> oh, I think I, they actually tie for me. They're a tie, the two of them. Because Michelle, oh. you know, as you know, as we were, you know, talking about Dimitri um, bulldozing over the definition of everything. Everything. What is a runway? What is a dress? What is fashion? And I feel like Michelle is the same <laughs> way. She's like, um, he's, she's not as honest as. 
Anthony Ryan. She's like, my girl's not going into fall either. And it's like, why can't you and Anthony Ryan's um, person like hang out and decide on, on how it is that you will deal with the problem of having to go to something that actually exists in real life. And so the picture that I have on the, on the cheat sheet, I think is perfect because it's backlit. We get to see, um, the light shine from behind the model and highlight the sheerness of the silks that she's overlaid. And, um, it adds another element because I don't, I don't know how much you can actually see through it, but, um, even before looking at this photograph and, you know, just looking at it, um, on the TV, on my TV screen, like looking on the show, like it, it felt very, um, it felt, felt very vaginal in a beautiful way. And I just, I'm like, why did anyone think of that? I, I just, I just saw like a lot of things like opening up and even with the colors, um, and how she's placed some of these like geometric shapes, whatever. But what was disappointing about it is the finishing around the, the, the neckline. And I'm like, it just seemed like she was so caught up in solving the issue of, of her quote unquote, ugly fabric and, and adding goo gobs of dumb trim to things that in terms of elegance, it was just so, it was so messy and so ugly. I'm just like, if you showed up to this, even on the red carpet, it would have been like, listen, um, this dress isn't finished and it's so unfinished. That's kind of inappropriate. Like you need to go home. It's yeah. Put a slip on, put, or put like a jacket over it. Get a jean jacket, slip that on, and then you're done. You're you're good. Yeah. And I think you don't like the hemline. I'm not crazy about the hemline. I no. think the hemline is – it's there's a very – I typically like asymmetry, but there's this very non-workable asymmetry with, with the neckline where, like, one oh, side is more horizontal. I have no idea, but I, I, I don't want to have to wonder about that. <laughs> I don't need – you know, this is not a stopping point, right? Yeah. Should not be a stopping point. But the hemline, the hemline, the um, neckline bothers me less, and especially in this photograph um, that has nothing to do with you or your choosing of it. This is a design problem in the dress. Mm-hmm. I think that this dress could have been better served if, if the hemline did not have those two flaps at the bottom that make it look like from a distance the model is wearing matching big boots <laughs> which makes no sense yeah i mean it looks like she's wearing um it's, it looks like in a way she's wearing uh she's a she, it's like like a paper doll um outfit for uh, if your if your paper doll is going paintballing because all of it looks like like shin guards <laughs> <laughs> like yes, space does. boots yeah. or, you know, um, some type of armor to go paintballing, but for a paper doll. <laughs> yeah, it's like wood paneled shin guards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go with coral. Because <laughs> I was so mad at her looking at her model walk down the runway. She goes, I don't like the way this walks. And I'm like, you saw the way this. Did you not see? Did you not even plan for how this would actually live on an actual human body i don't think you did and that to me just it just made me so mad <laughs> i don't know. know okay so let's move on to anthony ryan because I, I feel like we'll harp on michelle all day <laughs> okay so f- I, I think that he should have stayed and she should have gone based on these two constructions alone oh man 
taste aside, neither one of them is in, is in you know, whatever, taste aside, mm-hmm. based on instructions alone, I have no idea why Anthony Ryan went. I know, it's so, okay, spoiler alert, but yes, so, oh my god, so, I mean, okay, I'll, I, what I'll say is that from far away, I don't think Anthony Ryan's dress is that bad. It, it, the colors are weird. So I know the judges did not like the color story, quote unquote, uh, Georgina. It's like, I don't understand your color story because the feathers, <laughs> the feathers he chose for this dress. And I love, I love Iris Apfel. I She points out, cause Iris is wearing actual feathers and it seems like Anthony Ryan chose baby feathers or the feathers that, you know, like belong to baby chicks you know, where they haven't really formed their feathers yet. And then he kind of has like adult feathers pinned in there somehow. So it looks really messy and haphazard. Um, and then the fact that they're dripping down, it's just like, it. I think there's nothing wrong with how he's placed them. I think it's this weird thing with the actual quality of the feathers. If he had used higher quality feathers, it would have been better. I don't know. I don't know, but I they make, yeah. They make a pattern that says nothing. Like for me, I the color story that's subjective. I happen to love yellow. Yellow is probably that's been my most consistent favorite color. When I was a kid, yellow was my favorite color, mm-hmm. and then it became orange, then it became green. But I think yellow. Lots of things go great with yellow. So the color story is subjective, but the pattern of how those uh, feathers are attached to the dress. Uh, very questionable yeah. because they sort of look like this weird grid, non-grid. Like, what is it? Why are they there? Mm-hmm. Why are two lower than the others? So I think that um, is where I get lost. Yeah. Uh, in addition to understand why this was structured that way for this challenge, uh, the color, I'm like, okay, that's subjective, but the placement is carries more weight for me yeah I think he was trying to do extra work now that I'm looking at it a little bit more because if he had left off those falling pieces of feathers and had just kind of created a moment around her neck or created some other type of yellow um something that mimicked the yellow trim that he's been using and cover maybe cover up the yellow up there or use a different color I don't know but left the rest of it bare and especially having someone like Nina Garcia on the judging panel who really loves minimal. She loves, I mean, you know, spoiler alert for the winner of Bravo project runway, this first episode, Nina loves a minimal moment. And so the less of these feathers, the better or, or more concentrated in a way that is very dramatic than I would have, it would have led lent itself more to being, you know, something that you would actually wear to a very formal, um, gathering or some type of gala or whatever and you would have been able to appreciate maybe the drape a little bit more um it wouldn't have created that crazy shape around her mm-hmm. her torso so yeah i didn't i didn't hate this look i really saw it as like you know he was just very lost and was trying to figure something out and and came up with this and i thought this was at least it's it's an oscar dress i'll say at the least yeah um, I think a, 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 mod- a moderately tweaked is very easily a red carpet dress yes. for his type of client. Yep, exactly. Without a doubt. Okay, so um, on to Bedell. Mm. 
I I'm very tired of this wet, by the way. <laughs> um, you mean the exaggerated hips? <laughs> I just feel like this is such a like we've seen this so many times, mm-hmm. like already. This is sort of Beyonce, Lady Gaga video. Like this silhouette has been done in the past ten years, like so much. Um I'm not saying it's not well done. I think you put in a tremendous amount of work. I think it's probably um it has its own audacity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um it's definitely the most formally constructed piece mm-hmm. on this runway. Because Irina's is not is more it's not really there's not that much construction there. There's a very fitted bodice. That's it. Yeah. There's not a direct construction. Um so Bedell's is definitely the most constructed piece, and I appreciate it for that. At the same time, I think that I wish she had just rethought this silhouette a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, compared to everyone else, to me, it seems um, the most thoughtful and the most straightforward. But also in in the way that it is straightforward, it is something that's been typical of Bedell in a in an unfortunate way I think because he has he's I know that he's really into the shape he's very much into this texture I think he's created the same texture in, in a lot of other fabrics before and it's almost with him like you are able to do so much more especially with this crazy kind of fabric that you know I, I when they describe it as something that was able to give like like a, this sense of weightless structure I'm like this doesn't feel weightless to me it feels structured but it also feels very heavy and that it you know it slopes it slopes on down this image on the cheat sheet is a little unfair because it looks like her left shoulder is, a little, is slightly off from her right I think right, it's fitted right. well and and perfectly symmetrical but it's like you could have done something more with what you know this fabric can do and um I want I think, again, Bedell is someone who I think I would love to see him in the room with Tim Gunn. I wonder if Tim Gunn would be like, listen, you're underwhelming me. You are so much more than what you have been producing. And there's no excuse that he ought to be finished so early and able to just like Mm. prance around the workroom showing off his really cool Canadian jacket, whatever. But it's... um. Use that time to do some in, something adventurous. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A headpiece like to me, this kind of pleating for me it screams like, "Where's the headpiece? Like, where's the hat? Where? Yeah, there's some. No, and then it starts to get into like very McQueen territory with the accessories. You know? Gosh, but, that yeah, was accessories. Yeah, but but I think when you have that time, I think you could have. I also appreciate the restraint of this. Like part of me appreciates the restraint of the proportions. Like the proportions are very well considered. Mm-hmm. They are. Like it's not ish, but because I've just seen the silhouette so, 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 so many times, you know, I wonder what it would be like to use the silly or, or to um, drape something on this kind of, construction that's not so symmetric Mm -hmm. but maybe it's harder to achieve asymmetry with this type of um exaggeration i don't know 
Yeah. And also the way he's kind of cut it up and pleated it this way. Like it's just, um, or not pleated it, but layered it, you know, it's, um, yeah. he kind of has shot himself in the foot a little bit at the very beginning with his choices. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So let's move on to, I, oh, oh, wait, you have something else to say? I, I did think this was going to be the winning look. Same. Spoiler alert, guys. Okay, let's move to Arena. <laughs> I mean, okay. So I appreciated the sheerness of the bottom and also that she kind of stuck to her guns. Had an idea. She wanted to make a modern idea of a ball gown. Um, she's got her horse hair in there. She, she always has her horse hair there somewhere. And I... I I appreciated this look. I wish it weren't in black. Um, I wish the corset were a little ex- more exciting from the front. Oh God, yes. Um, but but at the same time, I'm just like, it's good. Period. I'm just not. It's okay. Yeah. 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 And for her, this is very okay for her. Mm-hmm. But also, um, we didn't really talk about this during the, uh, like, we were talking about the process, but I don't believe that she f- fully followed the brief in using silk. Oh, yeah. I think there was an yeah. issue with her that she used mostly tulle, and I don't even know if we can confirm whether or not the bodice or, the like, the corset or even those, um, those, those, uh, those objects that she made. I don't know why you, you describe those things, yeah. those things yeah. that she put or applicate onto the skirt. If that's even silk. Yeah. The whole thing reminds me of a hair scrunchie. <laughs> like, from, I, I just don't need those little things. Like, I don't know why those little things. Yeah. I'm just like, I think in a way that Bedell, he's like, I can do this. Look, look what I can do. And then I think arena is the same in a way. She's like, look what I can do. I'm going to make these, make a ton of these, whatever, these objects and just kind of, you know, put them on in a way. And I, and I, and I think it would have been really cool. Although this has been also, um, we, we've seen that a lot, like the, like a skeletal structure of an undergarment or something like that. Do it in a very interesting way. And it's like, you, you are also yeah. capable of doing a lot more. Yeah, and I think that why not have the kind of pant with this that would confuse someone to maybe consider that it might be a boot? Hmm. You know, because if you're going to have all this sheerness at the bottom, mm-hmm. then what is there to reveal? Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. So I think that there, there's no element of surprise there's no well the legs are the I can't surprise those <laughs> yeah but not really it's like i don't know yeah um it's sort of expected for me mm-hmm. and i think those heels i think they're just very traditional with this kind of look so to me i mean i understand there has to be a heel because it's supposed to be formal mm-hmm. and so i mean i i'm I, yeah, I think this could have been more interesting if she either had. A, I mean, there's nothing from the J.C. Penny that would come close to this, but some kind of very, very tight, ultra snug, thigh high boot mm-hmm. that would maybe 
that would be just like possibly confusable with latex or something, just something mm. where it really just shows off the shape of the leg. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think, and if, if the train was not a train, if it was just slightly shorter, mm-hmm. it could have been cool. I mean, and it's a thing that she could have made. You know, I've people have done that on the show too, where they've bought latex or bought vinyl and have made yeah. those boots or something that's yeah, boot-esque. Yeah. I, I, I would say. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, or neoprene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could have done that. Um, so much potential. I know. So I know. That that's the that that is the end of the runway. Um, entitled Nina Garcia, Bella the Black. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. and so or what? No, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> what do you think about Irina's look, shorter but with a brogue? Not sheer. Wait, what's a brogue? Oh, a brogue is the kind of shoe like a wingtip. A brogue is any flat shoe that has laces in the front, and usually it has either a pointy toe or a rounded toe. Oh, I I confusable thought those were called brogues. That would be you know who would have loved that? Um, because to me they kind of look like so like penny loafers with laces or something. Um. No, not penny loafery. No, something that's very like fitted to your foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about like a men's warehouse type of shoe for a guy, mm-hmm. but like slightly mo- modulated for what somebody, what somebody, a non-guy-born person yeah, would wear. Yeah. You know? So I think that's a little too modern and and too forward for Arena. Quite frankly, yeah. um, I I honestly would have hoped that someone like. Michelle or um, Anthony Ryan would have made a choice like that, especially knowing that Isaac Mizrahi loves a flat. Oh, I didn't know that. He loves flat shoes. Um, And so, yeah, that, that would have been something I think a little too um, outside of tradition for someone like Irina, but yeah, yeah, that would, yeah, that would have been so much fun. Um, just to tweak it up a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, something. I would have chosen a different color first of all, like not black. Um, yeah, it needs to be orange. It needs to be orange so badly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so for the judging, um, we don't have to go through everything, but um, I kind of just wanted to point out how confused everyone was by um anthony ryan in a way that um i thought was very instructive to me because so we have anthony ryan up first for the judges and Alyssa kind of points out that she i don't i don't remember what she said but she says something she's like well i think that i feel like that's a something you would wear to a royal ball right but i've never been to a royal ball and i was like okay I don't think anyone, maybe except for Georgina Chapman, <laughs> have been to a royal ball. And so yeah. why are we even doing this challenge? You know, if even Alyssa Milano has no idea what she's looking for in terms of what's but good. You know what? I think this challenge is good because think about it. If this show, I mean, to me, the whole point of being on this show is to launch a career. Mm-hmm. So if you want to show off your chops as a designer, which I think is the point of wanting to be here, then I think it is good to 
show that you can make a gown mm-hmm. because that is a significant market. And also, if you can make a royal ball gown, you can make other things, you know. So I think it is a good challenge to get, um, I don't know, to sort of get to show off their skills yeah. and also just to sort of expand on on their imagination. Yeah, and I and that's an interesting thing to to mention because this is Anthony Ryan Michelle Dimitri Arena's third time on Project Runway. Mm-hmm. And so in a way yeah. it's, you know, and, and that's also why it's annoying to see Anthony and Michelle just be like, I don't do this um, because they kind of know what they're getting themselves into, but it's almost like right. Um, right. for Rena, it's I'm showing what I can do or, you know, this is my bread and butter, but you can think mm-hmm. of it as a way for Michelle and Anthony Ryan to demonstrate those other aspects yeah. of their design aesthetic, especially if it's not something that they yeah. do. They're like, well, if I, right, right. for for instance, a lot of them, are, all of them are, are working designers. It's like, I, no one has ever asked me to do this. For Arena, she has clients who asks her, they ask her specifically for ball gowns. And so for Michelle, it's like, I don't have anyone asking me for that. It's like, well, maybe you could after this, but maybe you really don't want people to ask you for a ball gown. And that's valid as well. Yeah. So. I, I agree. I agree. That's not going to be everybody's client. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in a way of how to reconcile this being your third time and then a way to approach these challenges as, as, as something else that can benefit you, then it's like, yeah, this is something that's quite lucrative. And there are a lot of designers who come on the show. And that's all they do. All they do are wedding right. dresses. All they do are yeah. formal outfits. And it's just like, but they still have to go through all these challenges that are 90% ready to wear. Or, you know, yeah. throw in an avant garde in there or, a, or an unconventional materials challenge. But it's like they're, yeah, anyway, we can harp on that. But any, yeah. anything else that surprised you about how the judges reacted to this? Um, particularly since, you know, you thought Michelle's was the worst. I mean, she has had other looks that I've thought, oh, my God, how, how come that did not go? Like, for example, I thought she was going, I thought Michelle was also on the bottom when, when Christina Exe was oh. eliminated. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought. Oh, wait, I no, no, no. This. That was the. Um... No? Oh, wait, no. Isn't, didn't Michelle win that? Mm. Yeah, she won that. That was last. When when was Christina Exe eliminated? I forget when that was. She was eliminated last I watched... week. Oh, so that's is that when Michelle made the green mm-hmm. the green the green tiger dress? Yes, the like the panther leopard or whatever with the in an inside out raincoat. So you thought she oh, deserved okay. to be on the bottom with that outfit? No, I, I'm thinking of another challenge when she was on the bottom, and I was really surprised that she stayed. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think with this, I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm. Like, really? <laughs> um, hmm. Because I think she was on the – Michelle – it was Michelle and Anthony Ryan, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle yeah. and Anthony Ryan. And I love that Isaac Mizrahi was all of us. He's just like, I'm – well, I should say me. Um, he's mm-hmm. just like, I'm just mad at you guys. Like, you guys are able to rise to this. This is not all-star quality. And, you know – um, I was surprised that Nina liked the colors or, or she was just, you know, trying to figure out a way to be quote unquote nice. I'm like, you don't have to be nice to them. 
especially Michelle. Like right. she can take it. You can say you hate it. It's bad. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 you know, this is, we have what, four weeks left of the show. Five weeks, mm-hmm. four weeks. Think, uh, about four weeks. Yeah. Four more weeks. Yeah. So it's four weeks left to be seeing something like that on an all stars program of project runway mm-hmm. seems really out of place for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Also, I don't know what you thought about Ms. Rahi's comment about Bedell's dress being daytime. Mm, I don't know. I didn't agree with him on that. Yeah, I was very confused by that. Just like, I'm not really sure if you understand what you're seeing. This is very evening and to me, the most appropriate dress up there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Maybe he was maybe he was talking about the color or the pleating, but uh, yeah, I, I yeah, don't see it as being daytime. It's day really strange. I mean, you can't quite sit in that very comfortably, I imagine. Yeah, no. I mean, there are no pockets because you're carrying a little clutch. You know, like right. this is not a daytime dress. Um, and you're you're kind of like doing more than carrying a little clutch. You're kind of constantly balancing over this hip action going on. <laughs> I'm surprised no one made the comment that they always make it like you could just sit a drink right there. It's like, oh, you're going to like like the pre-cocktail thing before you go into the main hall where you meet the, you know, the prince of Asteria or whatever. You know, you just put your little crumpets on your left hand side and you put your like your your amuse bouche on the right hand side. I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's very functional, yeah. functional gown. Um was a walking show. Yeah. Um, oh. All that being said, so we've kind of spoiled it already, but Patricia, um, I usually ask people when they're when they're on my bracket. I usually ask um, the other person to ask me who goes home. So since these are both on my bracket, um, oh, actually, no, the winner. So I for, I totally forgot about that. I didn't even write down who won. Um, so who won? Uh, Irina. Yeah. I didn't agree with that, but okay. She's going to Thailand. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm happy she's going to Thailand, of course, but I don't think this challenge was, um, I don't, I, I think Adele should have won the challenge based on the criteria that it was set for. Yeah. I actually felt like they were really hard on him and, uh, I, I I hope his spirit isn't crushed for next week. So I, I do think even though he finished early enough to prance around the workroom in his amazing Canadian jacket, I think <laughs> that um, there, you know, I don't want him to come back next week and be like, what was all this for? He's been working hard, even though he works really fast. And yeah. can you ask me who goes home? Who goes home? <laughs> Anthony Ryan. <laughs> I was so ready to let Michelle go. <laughs> it was Michelle and Anthony Ryan, the bottom two. Um, when they let Dimitri go, I knew it was over. I, I, I'm so mad that Dimitri was not in the bottom two because he deserved I, to be there. I agree. So deserved. I don't understand Iris Apple's saying that his was the most appropriate because people in 1920s would wear exactly what he wore, or exactly what he made. 
So I'm just like, so you're saying that it's dated then, but I guess, right. you know, exactly. why is that appropriate? Yeah. And by the way, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine that on any, what's that like master race theater show, Downton Abbey or something like that. Oh, so yeah. Downton Abbey, can you imagine anyone wearing that? I cannot imagine. Not in that form and, and not to something that's happening at Downton Abbey. Like they, you know, actually they probably would have worn that, but um, it would have looked a lot more elevated than that. It wouldn't have been, you know, some more accessories, something that's fun, some gloves. I don't know. It would have been a lot more fun color. Put some color in there. More um, embellishment. Yeah. Um, okay. So my bracket has taken two hits in a row. I am feeling it. We are all down to just one person. So I only have one person up. Nalan has one person up. And Samelia has one person up in the form of Dimitri. And so right now <laughs> we're in the running for Dimitri versus Bedell versus... Michelle. Oh my God. I am. This is not who I thought would be in my bracket or the last one standing at all. I thought it would be Christina, but here yeah. we are. We're here. Um, yeah. Okay. What was that? Th- sorry. That was my little alarm. Um, okay. Okay. So I, cause I said it so we can like move on to Bravo really quickly. Cause I, yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's see if, um, so what I, so what I want to point out is um, there are definitely some things that are way different about this show. And we can just talk generally about the designers, your our general impressions. Um, so sorry, everyone, we're not able to go really deep into it this week. <laughs> it's just kind of difficult to do with two shows back to back. But I think this was a good episode giving us a lay of the land of how Bravo is going to reintroduce such an, a, such an iconic show. And so what I got from this episode with um, Project Runway is that everything like Project Runway is officially iconic. Everything is iconic. The, the music is iconic. So if anyone has been with a show for the past 15 years, um, they're using music from the very first season, which was a Bravo season. Um, we see at the, even at the end that uh, even going through like meeting Nina Garcia, the runway going to the workroom is iconic. Um, getting onto your first, um, getting into the penthouse where you're going to live. That's an iconic situation. And then Carly Kloss, our new host is using Heidi Klum's old phrase. Um, one day you're in, but the next day you're out because that's iconic. So to me, I'm just like, it's, I don't know. Everything is iconic about Roger Runway. I love it so much in terms of those little things that they're kind of harkening back to that's familiar for those of us who are old time fans. Um, I think even Nick Varios from season two was in the very opening scene hugging Nina Garcia. There's just so much going on. But but overall, I think let's just start with this crop of designers, especially coming off from All Stars where we have these uh OGs, like these people who have been on the show three times already to a brand new crop of people who have that sparkle that we have been missing in our, in all stars. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what, what were your thoughts about these, um, these people overall? 
Um, well, you know, what I, what I thought about the most was, um, it's hard for me to get to know them or not get to know them, but it's hard for me to have like, aside from the one person who I really was annoyed by, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, please. Um, oh, yeah. it seems typical of Project Runway. It seems very typical of Project Runway in a way. Um, it seems very typical of their choosings, but what I was glad to see was their choice of models. Mm-hmm. And because the last season of Project Runway, because Tim and Heidi had been pretty vocal about wanting to get different shapes on the runway mm-hmm. for some time, you know, and they finally got to do it, I think, on the last season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. Um, so it was good to see that. Um, and as far as the designers chosen it seems like a typical casting for the designers Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i thought in a way it's interesting the caliber of designers that they have i did a little bit of background search on some of them there are some designers who are quite well known and have been around for a while i think garl sparrow is someone we didn't really hear much about in this episode until the end i think he's he's um Okay, so I'll, I'll I'll go through just the names. There's so many people, which is also difficult coming off of All Stars, where I we know everyone, and because we've seen them yeah. before, and then these are brand new people. But um, so they start off this episode with an actual runway. So there is a an opening party, a launch party that is typical of Project Runway on Lifetime. Um, but there is a fashion show as well. Um. So they and they also kind of sort of pseudo introduce us to our new judges. And of course, we have another round of Nina Garcia and she's wearing her diamond fishbone earrings, probably from Thailand two years ago. And then <laughs> Elaine Welteroth, who's a former Teen Vogue editor. And we have Brendan Maxwell, yeah. who um, is is a designer and uh, and has won a lot of CFDA awards. And we have, of course, Christian Siriano, who is our alum and our resident Tim Gunn for this version. Yeah. And then we have Carly Kloss. And um, we have, okay, I'm going to run through the names of these people. We have Vinny Etienne, Renee Hill from Philly, Rakan. I like, she was my favorite, oh my God. by the way. I love her. Can I just okay, say go ahead. that I thought her look should have been, should have been the winning same, look, same. But whatever. So I'll 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 highlight these people. So we have Renee Hill. Um, we have Kavanaugh Baker, who is a person that you're very annoyed with. Um, Frankie Lewis and Leela Orr and Tessa Clark. Those were the names that sort of stood out um, during this. Uh, episode because they ended up being um, the the designs that were highlighted towards the end. But we also have a character in a Hester Sunshine Mm -hmm. who is into high, she says high fashion whimsy. She wants to make dresses and clothes that make you laugh. But she was crying in within three minutes of the beginning of the show. (laughs) I'm just like, Oh no, Hester Sunshine. And in my notes, I wrote her full name down, Hester Sunshine, because holy crap, she is not that at all. Um, And we, so we have Rakan Aldine, who I think is a Syrian um, American designer, Garl Sparrow, who's, who's someone who is kind of a veteran. Jamal Oster, Osterholm, who is 23 and already has shown at Fashion Week and thinks he's the shit. 
We have yeah. COVID Kapoor, who is from India. Um, and then we have Frankie Lewis, who is a plus size designer. And we learn that she is newly homeless because she was supposed to move to Chicago with her boyfriend. And I know that was so sad. I know her boyfriend broke up with her like the day before they were supposed to move to Chicago together. So she's on Project Runway looking for a second chance. Um, Bishme Kromarty, Sonia Kasparian, Nadina Rolliford, um, and Afa Alu, who I think. I like him. Where is he from? I want to say he's from South Pacific. I think he's from the South Pacific. I'm not really sure where, um, but. um, Like LA, Samoa, LA. I wasn't sure if he was from that country. Oh, oh no, I think he is, is somewhere he from Southeast Asia. Yeah, or the somebody was on the show. Someone on the show is. I forget who. Yeah, I think he's from the South Pacific. I'm going to get a lot better with these details, guys. Yeah, um, we have time. Yeah, we have time here. <laughs> but I mean, I think overall, it's it's so incredibly exciting. I'm not really bothered by a lot of these elements because it is the first episode, and I'm I'm just kind of waiting for people to get into their groove, particularly Christian Siriano, because I think he's probably under the most pressure because when it was announced that Tim and Heidi were fired from the show, or I would say left the show, I think there is some dispute whether or not they were fired or left go. But to be honest, the person that all of us were really sad about was Tim. And so I would have been okay if they just scrapped everything else, even Heidi Klum. <laughs> but keep mm. Tim, please. Like, keep but Tim going. I know. Um, I mean, he, he's like, why am I? I mean, I feel like uh, I used to watch it for Tim. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, and I love, I mean, I just... By the way, I, if I'm going to plug one thing, I want to plug this. There's a fantastic Tim Gunn interview with Terry Gross in which – have you heard yes, it? Yes, I have. I think I cried during it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't it – did you like it? It it made me cringe because he got really deep into the beginnings of his teaching career. Oh, my gosh. And his <laughs> mother. And his mother. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I just – Oh, my gosh. I have things to say about his mother, but I won't say it on podcasts. Have I told you that I share a birthday, an exact birthday with Tim Gunn? Wait. Not the year, but the same day. No. (laughs) Yes, we have the same, different years, but we have the same exact birthday. I feel like this is the most important thing, almost the most important thing about, I shouldn't say the most important thing, but like, I I would have loved to have known this before, but now I know. (laughs) But, but I, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, Tim has said on his Twitter feed that um, the new show that they're working on for Amazon is totally radically different mm-hmm. than Project Runway. So, uh, you know, I'm going to watch that, you know, f- for Tim. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, but this, I mean, it will be interesting. But I also think that it's an opportunity to change things up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So let's see how they do it. Yeah. And I think. I was a little annoyed with the challenge, but at the same time, I I understand what they're doing. So just to state what the challenge was for this episode, they brought the uh, the judges in. So Brandon, Elaine, Nina, and Carly, and had them share images that communicated to the designers in a visual way, the moment where they knew that fashion was their passion. And they all 
taped the the photos to um, like a dress form and wheeled it around. It's like this is a picture of me in a fashion show when I was thirteen years old. I was so confident <laughs> and just dripping. Like no one likes being thirteen, right, guys? I'm just like, speak for yourself, Carly. <laughs> speak for yourself. Um, it's true, but still, speak in your strength and your confidence. Anyway, so but it was a way of acknowledging, hey guys, these are all different people, except for Nina, who went last and was like, I was once a little girl in Colombia. I was so chic. Look at me in my palato pants on a yacht. Like, what the, Nina? You're not relatable at all, and it's great. It's like, I was an intern with El South America. It's like, of course you were. Anyway, so, but it, but I thought it was a, it was an interesting, um, emotional way to connect with these new people who a lot of I I think a lot of viewers might not be familiar with unless you're someone Mm -hmm. who's into fashion specifically and also into um, fashion journalism and so um, I I kind of like that but at the same time I thought it was a little bit of they they fell a little short in not allowing the designers to I kind of missed the whole who are you thing. And I understand that they did that with the first the runway. runway. But at the same time, I was like, this is really tough to look at someone else's inspiration for what they're doing now and drawing from that and yeah. making a whole garment in a way. It was like inspired on one end and, and very uninspired on the on the uptake with the designers. So I kind of felt for them. In a yeah, way. but I, I actually thought starting with a runway should be should be the way every season should start oh, because what that's perfect i agree right then we get a sense of oh here's who they are and let's see what they do from I where know. they are because they got uh, i think that was that was uh they haven't they, they used to start the seasons like that um i can't remember what year it was but there was one year where they let them all the ones who had, you know you, you know you got in but then you get you get two months to put an an outfit together and they're all told that will be the first runway but then the twist was no now you have one day to make a companion outfit to that um so I thought it was really nice to kind of flow into the feel of this season without a lot of pressure even though when Siriano announced that they have two days for their challenge and everyone freaked out and I'm like wait you only get one two day. Two days is a luxury. What is happening? Do you guys not watch this show? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. And and I guess going back to the do you not watch this show thing, mm-hmm. I was really surprised that the winning look was those like back flowy things that, you know, regular project runway two seasons ago had a male oh. um, menswear designer yes. that did that on every, every single the look. Straps. I forget his name. I want to say Brandon. Yes. Brandon with his straps. (laughs) Yeah, strappy Brandon. Here he comes. You know, so it's sort of like this reminded me of that so much. And I was like, no, that can't win. No. And then it did. I was like, oh. Yeah. Also, did you see the hem on that tunic? The hem on that tunic was atrocious. I was like, that looked like I sewed it. That's bad. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I am. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) wait, say it again. Because I, <laughs> I was like, I know exactly what you did. You wrapped it around. You, you you ironed it. I can see what you did. You didn't do anything special for that particular fabric because I should not see that. Um, yeah. yeah, but so I'm trying to think of other things that 
kind of stood out um, for for this season. But I will I will point out. So the garment that you wanted to win it was by Renee Hill, who's from Philly, and she, oh my she's a mother of nine. She's wow nine <laughs> children. She's also Goodness. she's also Muslim. And so in our last, I believe our last season of Project Runway Prime, we also had um, a Muslim designer, um, Ayana from from Utah. And it was a big deal that she was a modest wear designer. And yeah. that wasn't really highlighted with Renee. And I'm pretty sure it might as we move into the season. But the what made her suit so wonderful, and her suit was based off of Brandon's mother's outfit that Brandon's grandmother made for the mother. It was very like a very eighties geometric, looks like a shark chewed out one of your, you know, your jacket pockets, whatever. It's like a zigzag thing going on. And she made this very covered up, structured, um, and and again, like I, I would say very elegant, wearable, modern suit. A super versatile. So versatile. Um and culturally versatile too. And yeah. I thought, like, why couldn't I was also thinking this is genius because the thing that you can wear around your neck, you can also transform into a hijab if you want. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I thought that is so that is just genius, genius, genius. I thought it was great. I thought it was well made, mm-hmm. really well made. Um and I thought it was actually even you know, I don't think it was meant to be gender bendy, but it had elements of that that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, and I think it it was in a sense, but it, maybe that's the best way you can make a suit is have it be this versatile, you know, um, like just sort of neutral gender wise type deal. Because I thought in terms of the skirt, and, and again, viewers, so sorry, there's no cheat sheet for what we're talking about. But the skirt was a a long length, but a length that didn't date it to the 80s. It was inspired by the length that was in Brandon's picture, but it was done in a way that was very modern. And again, just something you could wear probably on the subway or in a taxi. Um, just so freaking wonderful and practical as well. Um, more practical yeah. than Tessa's aprons. So I know I I didn't really like that winning look, um, and I just feel like okay the apron yes right you know it wasn't exciting to me yeah it was not exciting. Um, I want to bring up your favorite topic, which is Kavanaugh. Um, oh. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, and <laughs> dear dear listeners, so we have Kavanaugh. And Kavanaugh is someone who, um, spoiler alert, so sorry, um, she goes home at the end. But I thought the way they developed her throughout the episode was pretty fair. But you do get those little inklings of, of the, in the ways in which um, we are getting a, a bottom two uh, playoff. Because throughout the episode, we have a Kavanaugh versus Frankie type type mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. like even at mood we go into mood and they're like you get 250 dollars and we have Kavanaugh who's like i can't get any yes. um quality fabrics any? for 250 dollars um excuse I know. me and then we have you have frankie over there who's 
technically homeless. Like, oh my god, two hundred and fifty dollars. Exactly. She's like, I can make I can make clothes for your whole family. Just one person. You know, and she's so excited and so into just the freedom of having two hundred and fifty dollars. And then they go to their penthouse and everyone's so happy to be there. And, you know, we do have an incident with um, with Renee, who's Muslim, who's basically laying down the law of the land. She's like, I can't room with men because I'm Muslim. And then we have someone off camera who's kind of looking at the fellow Colombian. He's is like the Colombian Tanina Garcia. Um, and they're like, hey, you guy over there, you're gay, right? As if that doesn't count as being a man. It's just like. Can we talk about that? Anyway, so that's happening in one room, just all of these cultural and and weird mishaps. And then we have Kavanaugh, who's upset. She's like, I don't think I've slept in a twin bed since I traveled through Europe um, with one of my other socialite friends. And we pushed two twin beds together to make a king bed. Because a twin plus a twin equals a king. No, it doesn't. I mean, whatever, it's fine. But um but also I wanna I go go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and then the whole I think I've already mentioned this, but the whole all my my photographs are professional photographs. I don't use my phone to take photographs. Yeah. You know, that whole nonsense was like and the, but then they, they paired that with Tessa. Right. Where Tessa said, I manage five brands online. I take all these pictures with my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that was another interesting pairing. Yeah. And then also how how these people who are out in the world, um, because Kavanaugh's claim to fame, um, and I don't want to say that in a belittling way, but I, she was featured in Elle magazine last year. I have a question as to whether or not that had anything to do with her being on this show, but she was featured on in Elle magazine. So she has a legit background and, you know, and has a team clearly because when she talked about not taking Instagram photos with her phone she goes we don't do that so she has a crew of people um sure she has resources um but also looking at a tessa who says i manage all of these business accounts on instagram by myself and mm-hmm. you know and she's working her photo shoot like a professional with her phone which is something that a lot of people do I have an iPhone 5S, so there's no way that I'm using my iPhone as a main source of photos for my Instagram account because, I mean, I, yeah. the camera sucks. But, you know, there is nothing to knock about using an, an iPhone X or whatever, Samsung. So it was just kind of like it's interesting the things that she kind of nicked at or ticked off and the things that the editors put in to kind of, you know, weave together the story of Kavanaugh being a tad tragic in a couple of ways. So, so I also want to um, kind of bring about like this uh, kind of this chaos up into the runway because we do have Frankie who is inspired by she's in Elaine Walter Roth's group and Elaine's whole story is that she was she knew that she was into fashion because she basically berated the editor-in-chief of Ebony magazine to get an internship. And um, I love how they made her go last as the storyteller. And she was just like, for me, my way into fashion was with 
Ebony Magazine. I'm just like, yes, Ebony on Project Runway. And so she did a shoot with Serena Williams with um w- with Serena dressed in this blue bathing suit that was kind of like like a retro 50s blue outfit. So um Frankie's trying to make a blue bodysuit based off of a strap and making a strappy bodysuit type thing. Um she does not plan well for her model and cuts everything incorrectly and has to start all over again. So this there's this chaos running up into the runway where five to six people are working on on um, Frankie's outfit. And then you also have Kavanaugh, who's also struggling with her her outfit. She had to scrap a jacket and stay with this. She calls it cheap wool crepe. That's what she bought. And she referred to it as, I got this cheap wool crepe because it's going to be a tweed moment. And she didn't have a tweed moment. That's what she spent most for her money on. And so, uh, but I thought it was very interesting, the dynamic between who was helping Kavanaugh, no one, and then who was helping Frankie. Or I should say the person who was helping Kavanaugh was her model. Right. I was just going to say, but the model didn't volunteer. Kavanaugh was like, oh, here, can you do this? Yeah. And and I think it was the person who I think is from Samoa. Was it Afa? Yeah, it was Afa. Yeah. Who said, oh, like, what are you doing? Why is your model sewing? If anything, ask us designers, right? And I sort of thought, well, why, like, do something else? Like, yeah. make, you know, make it happen right. or, or, or something. Make it work. I don't know make it what <laughs> Siriano's, I think his, I think he says something like, make it fabulous. And I'm just like, no, oh, choose yeah, something yeah, yeah. else. But I also thought, that's interesting because I remember off of that moment with Afa going, why don't you ask your designers for help and coming from uh, all stars where it's and it's all stars, of course, where people will, um, you know, they'll grow in resentment if if you help other people way too much. But it's it, it, I, I I'm looking forward to that kind of camaraderie where you have someone like Afa who is done early and probably needed more time with his dress because, you know, if you see the runway, he made this gown and that could have been fitted and finished a little bit more pristinely. And, but he's still willing to help out Frankie and is appalled that Kavanaugh would employ someone who has no sewing skills to finish her outfit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, um, I mean, and to, to kind of, shove that onto the runway because spoiler alert you know it's kind of spoiled for us the whole entire episode that Kavanaugh and and Frankie are going to be the the have the lowest two scores um of the of the episode and um you know we have Frankie who is sobbing on the runway and then Kavanaugh who was just like yeah no I know I'm not standing here um, pretending that what you see here is my best. Like, I am not surprised that you guys are all um, shredding it apart. I'm, and so for me, that kind of like, she held up in a way that I respected. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say that I'm a little disturbed by Frankie. So I'm not into this whole crying thing and how I I just can't help but break down. And it's sort of along the lines of 
I guess, having sympathy for Anthony Ryan as well, who lost someone right before he started filming the last episode, yeah. the last season of, of All Stars. But for Frankie, I, I am a little, I'm always a little on edge when there's someone in the room who's able to corral so much, uh, so much energy from everyone else based off of how hysterical they're, they're, they're being. And it kind of bodes well for the fact that the people in that room are, they're very kind and, and very uh, giving people. But when she comes back in and, and she's, you know, breaks down because she was safe, which I was surprised by. Um, And, you know, like, it just seemed a little bit too dramatic for me, too much like a, like a movie moment. And yeah. 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 But we'll see. Hopefully they will help each other. They will take turns helping each other yeah. instead of being the same people helping the same person. Right. 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 That's when it's not good. And I think I, I, I felt the same about Frankie as I did for Anthony. Like you said, it's just, okay. They're in such a transitional space right now. Mm-hmm. And and this is just not their best day. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, but anything else? What were we gonna say? No, no, that was really it. I'm really curious. I was. I, I don't know if. Um, I don't remember if they've ever had someone who has a domestic services business. Did you catch that? One of them oh. has a like. As the house cleaning yes, business. Thank you for pointing that out. Like I wrote, I was looking, shuffling through my email. I don't think so. We've heard. And I thought that was wonderful. Yes. Um, and so that is um, Sebastian, that? Sebastian Gray, oh, the the guy yeah. who's from Columbia, the uh, Nina's counterpart. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. The guy with the glasses. Yes. Yeah. I, I made a note of that. I loved how they, they talked about that because we, we do tend to go a little bit into people's biographies, but um, I don't think we've ever had someone who was like a housekeeper or, or or something like that where they're just like, yeah, like obviously if I win this and I'm not going to be a housekeeper anymore. We've had people who right. have had other jobs like, well, we, you know, um, Vinny Etienne is an accountant. Um, right. We've had right. other people. And we can go all the way back to season one and two, where we've had people who have left and quit their jobs. So I quite famously, we had someone who was a Harvard Law School grad and had a fancy law school job and was like, I'm going to see if maybe this is something I can do because she was really unhappy as a lawyer. Um, but in terms of like, you know, of course, like people who have like been waitresses and people who have like been office office people, but um but yeah, I just I love that part of his um, of, of just learning a little bit about what people's day jobs are. I'm just like, yes, let's talk about day jobs. <laughs> yeah, and also how does that experience translate into a design process? That is yeah. what I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, same. Kind of like really excited to look at to see what Sebastian does. And what the accountant do, they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, because the accountant, Vinny Etienne, um, had a feather moment. I mean, talk about feathers and Nina. So there's double Nina, double feathers. Um, <laughs> and also, he ended up being one of the uh, the top scorers this, this, uh, this week with something I thought was so ugly. <laughs> but, 
so ugly. Um, but people were really up about the feathers. Like, at least you did something. And I think in a way that's what's different between Project Runway Prime and All-Stars, no matter what network you're on, and we've been saying this about the All-Star season on Lifetime, that if we had the 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 main show's judging panel, that there are certain people who would not be there anymore. And there are certain people who had done some crazy or wacky things that would have gotten some benefit of, of the doubt, you know. They're very, I would say they lean kind of conservative and kind of safe on yeah. all-stars in a way. So we're going to, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing some craziness, um, especially because we saw like a puffy coat dress and um, Hester Sunshine looks like she's going to lose it. So I <laughs> am really looking forward to seeing what she's able to do under pressure because she doesn't look like she's doing so great. Um. We have Mimi, who's, who claims that she's the first transgender model, but she's not. I mean, after the runway show on, on Project Runway All-Stars, um, she was kind of preempted by a couple of years, but that's fine. I don't, they hadn't aired it yet while they were recording this. But I thought but I, Mimi and COVID being together was kind of kind of amazing. That was a good match. Yeah. But I thought she had a uh, first transgender model of Project Runway regular. Yes, and that's true. But not... Which I, I don't... Yeah. I count ha- all of it together. So... But no, but but no, but that that's true. And also the first one that's a mainstay. So I'm expecting to see her every week. Yes. Not necessarily with COVID, but... Um, I'm hoping to see her every week. Um, yeah. yeah. And we can talk more about that too. Um, Cause COVID to me, I hated him until he spoke to Mimi. <laughs> I was like, okay, I shouldn't say I hated COVID, but he's just, he's getting on my nerves. It's very, very annoying. And I think it partly has to do with how he exudes such infectious joy. And I'm just like, just so much joy coming out of COVID. Like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. <laughs> I like, I, I, I wasn't enjoying it. I was sort of like, cool. Yeah. Um, own, own your joy. Yes. Yes, it is. Good. He is a super freaking joyful character. Wonderful. Um. Oh my God. Okay. So anything else about this whole episode, anything that comes to mind or Anything about the, the, we already said who the, oh, wait, no, did we say the winner? Yeah, we did say the winner was. Winner was Tessa and her um, nautical aprons. And then the yes. person who went home was Kavanaugh, who I I personally was surprised because I think in the olden days, I think Kavanaugh would have been someone who would have been an easy producer to, choice to save as a villain for a couple of good episodes. So in a way, yes. I thought it was very satisfying that they let her go so soon, even though I thought um, they really did keep in Frankie for sentimental reasons, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for Frankie. Well, I thought, I, I mean, okay, if I, I think if, if it was like, an, if I was a judge and it was like all rules suspended, mm-hmm. <laughs> they would have both gone you know and that has happened before where they've gotten rid of two people in the first episode yeah it's happened really yeah so i think that but i still think that frankie tried a little bit more Mm -hmm. that is you're right yeah was 
it. I think I think Frankie did try a little bit more. I think Kavanaugh was was coasting with this challenge. It was just it was a coasting that didn't work. It was sort of like a double a double whammy of not good choices. Yeah, I agree. I I totally agree. I mean, it, it was cheap and basic what she made, and despite Frankie's uh, bodysuit literally falling apart on the runway, you just could not touch that thing. She touched it. And then a strap fell off. (laughs) And also she got the Nina. I am sorry. So I felt like when Nina told her, I am sorry. I was like, Frankie's going home. I was so sure she was gone. But, um, but alas. Yeah. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. She's here for another week. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, um, I'm very pleased with this new reboot um, with the differences in prize money and the the differences and other things that you get. Like you get a, a career changing mentorship through CFTA, which stands for the Council of Fashion Designers of America. And I also want to hear from the listeners what they think about it as well. So feel free to chime in during the week. And we've already been getting some messages from you all. And I'm glad you guys are excited and I'm very excited. And then um, I'm going to try my best to get um, some thoughts from Samilia and Nalan as well. And also you, Patricia. So since you've been inducted onto the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you for having me. I was sort of, um, I have not watched them in linear order. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm, I'm always just, oh, I got to watch the latest month. And then <laughs> I go back and I watch what I missed. <laughs> Yay. And then with RuPaul Drag Race, that became even more complicated. I know. <laughs> um, it's so funny because so, I don't even watch RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> drag Race. Oh, my God. So, it's so it's bad. So I know. I think. I, I'm, ugh, it's like, I need to. That's another show. I just need to watch it. I need to get into it. It has a around it i mean there's just so many shows after each episode there's a podcast you can watch there's the untucked there's so many oh my gosh yeah untucked is one of my favorite podcasts um co-hosted sometimes by nicole byer who's a comedian that i love dearly um yeah yeah but um okay but yeah i mean so let us know let us know because you know i feel like there are a lot of feelings with with tim not being there with things being changed having it back on bravo which is a momentous occasion um all after especially after landing there after all this fallout with the harvey weinstein company it's this franchise has been through quite quite a bit so again keep posting your thoughts and keep sharing your inputs especially about this first episode and then um again i'm going to update our banner with my new loss in my bracket since we've lost uh anthony ryan this week so sad um but also thank you so much patricia for stepping in and chatting about the show with me i really appreciate it I love talking about this show with you and thank you for having me. Oh, you are <laughs> it was welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I would love to have you back on. So I, I'm, you know, oh, I'm going to bother you again in the future. So yeah. No, I don't mind. And I'll, I'll do more of my homework. Okay. This time. <laughs> Yay. So excited. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, with the doubling up of the show, uh, I kind of started freaking out. Cause I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> are we going to do? Because we, we do deep dives. Of course, like we're running over to almost two and a half hours now. And I'm oh, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, is it going to be a four hour podcast now? And I don't want to do that to you guys. Although I feel like our listeners would be in for it. I would be in for it. But um, we're going to figure this out, guys. We're going to figure it out. And uh, even if it's on like a supplemental podcast, just to kind of, you know, have Bravo in its own little section for the time being. Um, but we're going we're to figure it out. But um, in the meantime, Patricia, can you please share with people how they can find you and if there's anything you want to share with our listeners? No, at the moment, no, but I can be found on Twitter and on Instagram with the same handle, which is sense and sight, like common sense and optical sight. So sense and sight. That's it. Yay. <laughs> and then, and I'll put that in our show notes too. So just so you guys can um, follow on, are you on Twitter or just Instagram? I am. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I yes. am ho- hopelessly on Twitter, hopelessly on Twitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and of course I am on all of the social mediums and the, at Ernez, you can just do a search for me there, of course, in on my website, ErnezDavis.com. And for me, I think the only thing is share, I'm sharing is I'm still, up at the yards in Rochester. So if anyone is in Western New York, I do have a piece in um, the current show there called Play Settings. Um, and I also will be in Rochester next week. I'm so excited um, for a symposium. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's the 50th anniversary for the Visual Studies Workshop, which is the master's um, program that's affiliated with SUNY New Brunswick. And it has a lore connection with Eastman House Museum. Um, and so there's a uh, um, an exhibition, an exhibition at the Eastman House Museum honoring the founder of the, of the Visual Studies Workshop, um, Nathan Lyons. That's up right now. So if you're anywhere in that vicinity, I encourage y'all to go, and of course follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and we would love for you all to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. We really enjoy reading your feedback and. Um, the more you rate us, the more it helps Project Runway fans of a lifetime and now Bravo Ilk find us. And if you're not into leaving reviews, go ahead and spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your people, um, spread the word about Project Runway and <laughs> about us here at the workroom. As always, thank you so much for listening. This is so much fun sharing all of this with you guys and especially this momentous occasion of having two Project Runways in one week for at least four weeks. So until next week, we'll both say goodbye. Bye. Bye.